Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Well, I want to thank uh, Andrew and uh, James for doing an incredible job preaching this last two weeks. Um, they did a great job, and uh, we're so thankful for them. And um, I'm glad that they were here. I heard many of you say to me, man, Ryan, uh, it's better when you're away. And so uh, I'm going to stay away more often for your benefit. I'm uh, just kidding. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Like, 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 like. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I repent of pride. Just kidding. Okay, let's get into it. Well, today what we're going to do is we're going to finalize our Hope Fully series as we've been talking about uh, this idea of our hope. Our hope is in Jesus, our hope for tomorrow, our hope for today. And what I did uh, a few weeks ago is I, I walked through a scripture uh, in the Gospels to just kind of look at a, a fellow's indi- an individual's hope as he looked at uh, this pool and how his hope was on those things rather than on Christ. This week we're going to do the same thing, but we're going to look at a different scripture. But before I get into the scripture, I need you to understand something really important. How, how intertwined your hope is with your faith. You know the scripture in Hebrews chapter 11, 1, that faith is confidence in what we hope for. So our hope is an earnest anticipation that comes from believing something good. Our hope is a confident expectation that naturally comes from your faith. Here's an example. An example would be the relationship between faith and hope is illustrated with the joy of a child if a father were to say to his child, tomorrow we're going to go to Disney World. Praise God, James. I re- I re- I, I'm not sure if I should rebuke that or celebrate it. And like, is it okay to talk about Disney? Are we all right? I don't know. Like, people are going to stop coming to church because you have a Disney Plus membership. <laughs> I'm going to stop going to church because I smooze off of it. <laughs> Just kidding, everybody. You're okay. Chill out. 9 a.m. Smile a little bit. Come on. Say, I want you to repeat after me. Say, Ryan, I'm happy to be here. One, two, three. Okay, good. Talk to me a little bit. It's okay. So a dad says to his son or his daughter, we're going to go to a Disney World tomorrow. And the child, uh, the child believes in his father's word that he's going to go to Disney World tomorrow. That's faith. So I believe we're going tomorrow. But the anticipation and the excitement and the glee that he can't wait to go to Disney World is hope. And so I cannot have godly hope if I have struggling faith. I can't continue to have a hope on Christ if my faith in Christ is wavering And I believe many of us here today, many of us watching online are in a place in our walk with God where you are disappointed or even angry with God about the situation in your life. And what you don't realize is that that is chipping away at your faith. And so in order for us to understand how to have hope in Christ, we have to go back to our faith in Christ. And we've been looking at this scripture, and this is the problem with hope in Proverbs 13, 12, is that hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And so this says here that a hope that's deferred, it makes your heart sick. That word sick literally means to be wounded. It means to be sick. It means to, to, to be hurt. It means that 
your heart had an idea about something, it was aimed towards something, and now it's no longer happening like you hoped that it would, and so you're living a life where your heart is heavy, your heart is sick, your heart is wounded, and you're feeling like you're in a place right now where you're like, oh my gosh, I'm discouraged, and I'm disappointed with how life has turned out, and what you don't realize is that your hope deferred is impacting your faith in Jesus. It doesn't mean you don't believe in God. It doesn't mean that you don't have hope in God. It doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. I'm not saying that you're disqualified from Christianity. You're not going to spend an eternity with Christ in heaven. That's not what I'm implying. What I'm implying is, is that there is a faith in Jesus that, that we believe that he can do the impossible, that, that he's the beginning from the end, that God could do miracles. Often that belief will subside when our hope has been dashed. We start to say, yes, I believe in the God of the Bible, but do I believe God can do that for me today? Yes, I believe that the God of the Bible, and yes, I can quote the scriptures, and yes, I can say the things, and yes, I can show up to church, and yes, I can do these things. But even though I believe in the word, I don't necessarily altogether believe with all my heart that God can do that for me. He can do it for them. He can do it for that person, but can he do it for me? And so this hope deferred, it just makes our our hearts sick. And so what we're going to do is we're going to jump into a passage of scripture that you all know. And so don't just go running off with your own conclusions here. Hang on. So I can teach you that from the scripture, maybe some things you've never seen before. As we look at this scripture in John chapter 11, we're not going to read 45 verses, praise God, but we're going to just recognize that this whole story is about 45 verses long. And what we see in this scripture is literally seven days, one week. 168 hours. We have the privilege of looking at a scripture where we can see 168 hours, the beginning, the middle, and the end of a hardship. And we can see from this one week how the disciples responded, how his followers responded, how Jesus responded, and how it turned out in the very end. We get the privilege of seeing the, the end and the beginning. And so here in this scripture in John chapter 11, we recognize that the context of the scripture is that Jesus is on a ministry trip. He's out ministering. They're hanging out with the disciples and he gets a, um, you know, he gets a, remember, he gets a FedEx with a little letter in it or a, a, you know, a telegram saying, hey, Jesus, your friend is dead. Lazarus, or I'm sorry, Lazarus is sick rather. And we need you to come so you can heal him. Let's read the scripture together in John chapter 11, verse 1. A man named Lazarus was sick, and he lived in Bethany with his sisters, Mary and Martha. This is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother, Lazarus, was sick. And so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your friend is very sick. And when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped that ahead. That was like to the end. We were from the beginning to the end. Look at that. Just like that. That's how Jesus, that's how quick it is in God's eyes. <laughs> We see one week here, and what we see on this is that this is one. This is day one. This is when uh, you are in your broken marriage, and you have hope that it's going to get restored. This is when you have that financial situation, and you have this sense in your heart, okay, God's going to meet my financial need. This is that moment when that sickness comes, and you're believing, okay, I believe in faith that God's going to heal my body. This is when hope begins to stir in your heart, like that child going to Disney World. You begin to get excited and anticipate the realities of God's word, that God is going to fulfill fill his word. This is when your hope is big. Your hope is excited. And we see here that this is when the disciples and Mary and Martha were like, okay, God, Jesus, we need you to show up. My brother's sick. 
and you're going to come and heal him. You've healed everybody. You've raised everybody from the dead. I know you're going to do that for your very best friend. So Jesus, I can't wait. You're going to do a miracle. Praise God. And then, as I mentioned already, we jump all the way to day seven. He says, when he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice because Lazarus had died. And at this point, he had been in the grave for four days. And he said, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. And his hands and his feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. And so we see in the scripture, we see day one where there's hope for tomorrow. We see day seven where God fulfills his promises. Day one and day seven. But you and I live in the middle. And we could understand something from this verse that when we look at this verse, we see that in this scripture right here, I need you to hear me. God came through. This is what you need to understand. No matter what you're disappointed about, no matter what you're discouraged about, no matter what you've been praying for, if it's according to his will, God's not done yet. He's not finished with you. He's not finished with your marriage He's not finished with your calling. He's not finished with your relationships. God's not done yet. And we have the luxury of seeing the beginning and the end in this scripture. We get to say, okay, we know if we just have faith to believe, I don't understand it. I don't know why God does the way things he does. I get a little irritated with it. I'm like, God, I think I know better than you. I think you should show up like right on time instead of the very last second. I would prefer it. Yet somehow we see in this scripture that God came through. And if we look at these seven days, we will see that it often feels like an eternity for you and I who are in the middle. We can't see how things are going to turn out around the corner. We can't see how things are going to pan out. And so it creates this increasing hope being deferred. See, but what we need to understand is that just around the corner, God is fulfilling his plan, but there is a process And the process has a purpose. You're in the middle right now wondering, God, are you going to show up? Are you going to heal your brother or your friend? Are you going to restore the marriage? Are you going to meet that financial need? Are you going to heal my mind? Are you going to do these, God? Are you going to do it, God? And we're in the middle of it, in the, in not realizing that the very place that you're in, in the middle, that there is a purpose behind the process that you're in right now. And every single one of us, can get sidetracked in this season and lose our hope, which leads to a lagging faith and causes us to become nominal followers of Jesus. We get stuck in the middle. We get stuck in the process. We get stuck at forgetting that there is a purpose for this process. We see this beginning and the end, and Jesus so kindly tells us the purpose. Look what he says. He says, when Jesus heard about it, He said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, look at this. It happened for the glory of God. So the Son of God will receive glory from this. You say, well, how can God receive glory from this? Well, I don't know, but he's going to find a way. The situation you're facing, the hardship you're up against, the hope that's been deferred, the disappointment you have, can you wrap your brain around the fact that God actually wants to display his glory through your disappointment? And then he continues a few verses down. He says, he told them plainly, listen, guys, Lazarus is dead. He's not asleep, you idiots. <laughs> like, is he asleep? No, he's dead, okay? 
And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I didn't show up on time. I'm glad I didn't answer your prayer when you wanted me to answer your prayer. I'm glad I didn't. Why? Because now, I want, for now, you really will believe that I am the Son of God. You're going to now really believe. Why? I am testing your faith to strengthen your faith in this season so that you can believe the next time you face a dead Lazarus, you're going to say, I've been here before. God raised dead bodies. So we see that the purpose is that God will receive the glory and that there's, a, there's a, a working on your faith to believe that God is who he says that he is. God is who he says that he is. And so it leaves us in a place where we're saying, God, why aren't you showing up? The situation that we're facing, we're facing a challenge of hope. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like any of this. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. This is a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard pill knowing that God isn't showing up intentionally. Put that in your theological burrito and eat it. <laughs> I thought I would name it and it would happen. If I just had some faith, the mountain would move. Well, yeah, but it's not about your timing. In fact, it's not even about you. This is one of the reasons we're disappointed. It's because we don't understand why he's not showing up. It's your friend. Why would you not come? Why would you not show up? This is the very pressure point that causes our faith to waver. God, I thought I read in your word that you would heal me and I've been praying and believing and it hasn't happened. I know it's hard for us to wrap our brains around it and in our intellectual thinking, we want to be able to have a one, two, three reason why. But at the end of the day, I cannot tell you theologically why other than the fact that God always shows up on time. God's not done with you. He wants to work on your faith and he will bring his glory to your situation. And so the whole point is for God's glory to shine through your life. And so let's take a moment. Let's just jump into the middle. And let's look at Mary and Martha. Let's, I want to help you identify with their responses to the situation. And maybe you'll identify today with where they are at in, in John chapter 11, verse 21, after Jesus hadn't come. And they said, Jesus, you need to come. I'm sure they sent word enough time for Literally, Jesus delays Look what it says in John eleven twenty one. 21. When Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, Lord, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. So what we see here is that in this scripture, uh, Martha, she still, she, she had hope, her hope had been deferred. She was deeply disappointed, but she still had faith and believed in God. In fact, I believe that the statement that she made here in the scripture was kind of like a Christianese. Lord, if you'd only showed up, if you'd only answered my prayer, this wouldn't happen. But God, you're good. You're so good, God. Man, I'm really sorry that you lost your job. Yeah, I'm really disappointed. Oh, but God is faithful. He means better for my life. You know what, Lord? I know God. Interesting how, isn't he God? You can see in this statement that her deflection of her disappointment 
is actually uttering a lack of faith in God. Look what she says. But even now, I know that God, Jesus is like, no, no, wait, I'm God. She's disappointed because very clearly in the scriptures, I told you, he says this. He says, I will rise again. I'm sorry. He says, Martha, Martha came up to him and realized that he didn't show up on time and that she wanted him to show up on time and that he delayed on purpose for several days. And so now she's like, okay, I'm really disappointed. I'm really hurt. I'm really bothered, God, that things didn't work out, but everything's going to be fine, God. I'm okay. Don't worry about me. Don't pray for me. I'm fine. God's good, brother. <laughs> If you, if, you, if, you, if you just would have showed up, God, but it's okay. Notice something fascinating that she says in the scripture. She responds, says, yeah, Jesus told her, your brother is going to rise again. She said, yeah, he's going he's to rise again on the last day. I get it. I know it. I believe it. It's fine. I get it. Your word's true. You know, this is one of the struggles I have with miracles because I believe in miracles. I pray for miracles, but it's very few times I see miracles. So I still believe in him and I, I see, I believe, see him in scripture, but I don't see him very often in front of my eyes. Ryan, why don't you stop believing? Well, because God's word says it, but it still doesn't cater to a little disappointment in me when I go to pray for someone and they don't get healed. There's a sense of like, okay, God, I know you're good, God. And many of us, many of us are in this place. And what, what Jesus does to her is he begins to challenge her faith. Look what he says to her. He says, Lord, if you'd only been here, and Jesus responded to her, wait a minute, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, Martha, I know your hope's been disappointed, but don't let it cause your faith to go flat. Don't let your faith to go weak here. Don't let your faith waver. I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone, look at this, who has faith in me, believes in me, will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never die. Look at this. Martha, do you believe this? Yeah, God, I know that like I went to that church and I worked there and, you know, it didn't work out. And now I'm, you know, like, you know, just I'm, I'm in this new season or that pastor hurt me and it's good, God, whatever. Even though deep in your heart, you're disappointed. You're like, okay, God, and he's saying, listen, don't let your disappointment change your faith in God. He is the resurrection. He is the life. Do you believe this? It's this idea that I still have faith and I'm still a follower and I still believe in Jesus. I'm still, I'm still going to go to church. And I'm still going to read his word. But there's just this sense in me of disappointment. And I'm not going to lie. I get Martha. As I mentioned, sometimes I feel like there's no way God's going to get me out of this situation. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. As, as pastoring even our church, it's like I had a picture of what it would look like at year six. And I'm actually really grateful now for where we are because I believe we're healthy and we're biblical and we're doing it God's way. And I, I wouldn't trade that for anything. But it's this sense of, okay, God, like I thought that this was going to happen sooner. Or I, we started a Bible college and it didn't happen. And man, I want to plant churches. I want to send missionaries. I want more salvations. And I want more leaders to rise up in the house of God. I'm not going to lie to you. I feel disappointments. I'm like, God, come on. And I just remember that, wait, you, you know the end from the beginning you know exactly what's gonna happen I might be in a season of middle but God you are in control you're not done yet and that's just my foolish situation but you might have one that's similar where does this leave us it leaves us disappointed now let's look at Mary we look at Mary here and Mary didn't say much at all she just basically repeats the same thing that Martha said, yes, Lord, she told him. I'm sorry, right here. 
When Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you'd been here, my brother would not have died. Now, Martha's faith is my hopes deferred. My faith in you is slipping and I'm frustrated and I'm angry with you, God. So Martha believed still. She was still in a place of belief, but she was disappointed. She loved God. She was doing her thing, but there was a deep disappointment. I hope it caused her heart to be sick. Martha is in a place now where not only is her hope deferred, but her faith is slipping. And it's very fascinating because if you look at the word that she used, the word died, both of them said the same phrase, but this word died is a different Greek word. When Martha said it, she said it as a matter of fact. It was factual. If you would have been here, like Jesus, I knew that if you would have come in, you would have healed him. It was a matter of fact. He wouldn't have died. When Mary says it, she says it with emotion. This word actually means to, he wouldn't have died violently, Jesus. He wouldn't have perished. This wouldn't have happened. It was an angry, emotional word. If you had only been here, this would not have happened in my life. If you would have showed up, my father wouldn't have died. If you would have showed up, I wouldn't have lost my son. If you would have showed up, my marriage wouldn't have fallen apart. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I asked and I did all the right things and you didn't show up. The sense of disappointment that leads to a faith that is slipping and leads to an anger and a disappointment with God. And I know for a fact today that there are many in the room who are struggling in this very place. When you feel disillusioned with your faith and when you... Your thought life begins to overwhelm you and, and you, you have faith, but you, you, you're not sure you can continue to because you feel disappointment after disappointment because God didn't do it when he, you thought he would do it or how he would do it or when he thought he's just, God, this is just not what I thought. But I'm here to tell you something today and I know this is hard to hear when you're feeling frustrated and angry because I've been in those shoes. God's not done yet. The beautiful thing about this story is that we have a woman who was, had faith in God but was disappointed in God. And we have a woman who had this lagging faith and was angry with God, yet God still moved. Listen, God still showed up despite where their faith was at. And you might be thinking, man, I'm so angry with God. There's no way God could do a miracle in my life. Well, this scripture proves otherwise. That God still still showed up and God still moved in their lives and that God wasn't done yet and despite their disappointment or despite their hurt or despite their pain Jesus shows us right here in this scripture look how Jesus responded in the scripture it says when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her look at this Jesus got emotional a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled was he angry at Mary and Martha was he mad at them you stupid people no he wasn't mad at them because of their lagging faith and their disappointment he was overwhelmed with emotion at the fact that they didn't understand that God himself was in front of them he began to weep and to cry. And it says in the scripture that Jesus wept. And it wasn't a, a frustration or an anger. He wasn't weeping because Lazarus was dead. He was about to raise him from the dead. 
wasn't weeping because he thought these stupid believers are just so dumb. No, he was weeping. He was weeping over your situation. He was weeping over your disappointment. He was weeping over your frustration. He was weeping over the fact that your hope is deferred. Jesus was feeling the emotion that his children, that his people, he says, oh my goodness, do they not see that I know the beginning to the end? Do they not know that I love them so much that even at the, the moment when they least expect it, I'm going to come through? Don't they know that I'm bigger than life and death and that I'm bigger than the times on this earth, that I'm bigger, that I'm greater? Don't they know that throughout their entire life, I have proven myself faithful time and time and time again? He wept in this moment, not because he was angry, but because he was frustrated, a sense of fatherly love towards his children because he just wanted them to put their faith in him. Just put your faith in me. I get frustrated when they don't trust me. I know as a dad, I feel this way. When my kids get fearful, when we're out, Brea was afraid of Mexico, like every corner was like, oh, burrito, ah! You know, taco, ah! Brea. I said, Brea, I'm with you. I'm right next to you. You don't have to be afraid of some masked person coming to tackle you. I'm literally standing here and I have a knife in my pocket, so don't worry. How frustrating is it for you, parents, when your children act out in a certain way that just seems delusional and you're like, why are you so upset that I'm not gonna provide for you? Why are you so upset that I'm, I'm not, I don't see what's going on? Why are you so, like, I don't understand it. I have compassion for you because you need to know that the nature and the character of God is to provide for your life, is to bless your life, is to help your life, is to do miracles in your life. That's what God does, but we don't always realize that it's happening right in front of us. That you're on the precipice of a miracle of God and he says to you today, Hey, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you believe that I know the beginning from the end? Do you believe that I see the situation that you're facing right now and I know exactly what's going on and that I've known it from the very beginning of time? That when you experience that sickness or when that person experiences that broken marriage or that situation goes on, don't you understand that every time you pray to me, I say, yeah, yeah, Ryan, I know. Keep telling me about it. Keep praying. But I want you to know, I know exactly what's going on in your life. In order to get our hope restored, we have to restore our faith. That our God is a loving and faithful God. That our God does good. That God never does bad. He does not give us wicked gifts or bad gifts. That even though life didn't turn out like we hoped, could it be possible that God's purpose for your life and way for your life was better than what you thought you should have? The process of this is that he's working on your faith. And that he wants to display his glory the end of the scripture it just says Jesus was still angry Jesus was still upset and he walked up to the grave and he said roll the stone away and Martha said oh Jesus it's gonna stink even to the point of the very moment where the miracle is about to there Martha is still lagging in her faith Jesus don't open the tomb come on man like it's over it's done let's just let's just move on it stinks, Jesus. I know it stinks. It's done. Jesus, I've really wanted you to do a miracle, but now that it's done, I'm just okay with you not doing a miracle. 
I'm actually settling into the fact that I've got a crappy marriage. I'm okay with it. I'm settling into the fact that, you know, like I'm not really, you know, not sure what I'm going to do with my life or I'm not really sure what God has for me in this next. I'm just settling in the fact that it's okay. I've kind of just said, okay, I'm no longer going to like have hope that you're going to come through or I'm no longer going to have faith that you're going to answer a miracle or I'm no longer going to have faith that you're going to answer my prayer. Listen, I believe in you, but I'm just not going to go there anymore, Jesus, because I've been hurt before. So could you just keep the tomb closed? And Jesus is frustrated. Look what he says. He responds, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Didn't I tell you that you're going to see God's glory in your marriage if you just have some faith, just begin to believe a faith is a mustard seed. Come on, go back to your simple faith where you believe that God can do the impossible. Did I not tell you? Did I make a promise to you that I want to bless you? Did I not make a promise to you that I want to be with you? Did I not make a promise to you that I'm not done yet? Did I not make a promise to you that I would have the final word in your life? Did I not make a promise to you? Look what Jesus says. They rolled the stone aside. And Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me. But I only said this for the sake of all those people standing here. So that, look at this. So they'll have faith in me. And then Jesus shouted, Lazarus! come out. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me when I read that. Ryan, this is what I'm yelling over every single dead situation in their life. Every single dead situation that you've laid down. You've just said, I'm too disappointed to pick it up again. He says, marriage, get up. Finances, get up. Ministry, call. Go for it. Fear, no longer there. Joy, faith. Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out. His hands and his feet were bound in grave clothes and his feet were wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him, let him go. That is the season we're in as a church. We fasted this week. The Lord spoke so clearly to me. It is a year of Lazarus coming out that whatever you're facing in your life, whatever stronghold you've been up against, whatever burden you've been carrying, whatever disappointment of hope that you've laid down, let's pick it up once again and believe that this is a season where God is crying out to your situation saying, I will do what I said that I would do. I will come through. I will show up. I will work on your behalf. I will cause Lazarus to come out. Don't allow the disappointment of what you thought God had for you derail your faith in this season. Let's go back to the beginning and say, okay, Jesus, when I first met you, I just believed you could do the impossible. I was idealistic and naive. Let's go back there. Where we say, okay, I know that God, it doesn't always turn out like I hope, but Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Faith is the confidence of things hoped for. It's the kind, Lord, I hope for this. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I hope for my marriage to be restored. God, I, I will, once again, I hope to see this ministry call fulfilled. Once again, I hope to find that job. Once again, I hope, I hope, Lord, I'm restoring my hope in you because my faith is in you, God. Come on, won't you stand to your feet? Some of you are here today and this is for you. To close your eyes for a moment. There was a man in scripture that said, Lord, help my unbelief. And Jesus did it right then. Spirit, help our unbelief. 
I sense, Lord, I've been in their shoes. I have on some level, God, where I feel so disgruntled with this very thing. I pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come right now, Lord, and you begin to heal the wounds of the past. The failures of the past, the mistakes of the past. Right now, Holy Spirit, we come and I pray you begin to stir the, the revelation of God in their heart right now to show them once again that God restore. Lord, I just sense hopes percolating even right now. They sense, okay, I, I think I'm gonna find a job. Okay, come on, I, I think I'm gonna get that ministry call. Come on, okay, I think my marriage is on, gonna go uh, uh, see uh, restoration. My child's coming home and there's gonna be breakthrough in my life. Come on, I sense hopes res restoring to our heart today. Come on, a faith in God to believe that he's the same yesterday, today and forever, that he sees the beginning and he sees the end and he has nothing but plans of good, not to harm you, but to prosper you. God, we declare right now for every person today who is flagging in their faith, who is weak in their faith, who's discouraged in their faith. Today, God, I declare the Lord that their faith be restored in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you would cause the anointing oil, the ointment of God's Spirit to be just rubbed all over their heart to heal them. Healing balm of Gilead. Be all over them right now, and there be healing. Even today, I just see it. They're going to go. It's like this, this, the sinews of their heart and the, and the little ligaments and all the different things are going to begin to form back together. And by today, you're going to say, oh my gosh, I, I feel a, yeah, a fresh sense yeah, of hope. Yeah. Like I feel it percolating once yeah. again. Come on, have faith and trust in the Lord. And as that faith grows and as that hope grows, come on, don't be afraid of it. Come on, receive it in the name of Jesus. Say, yes, God, my hope is once again in you because hope fulfilled is a tree of life. God, we just declare it. We declare it right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, what we're going to do Pastor James is going to lead us in this song. And I'm going to release you. But he's just going to keep singing. If you want to stay in worship for a minute, our next service doesn't start for another 35 minutes, 40 minutes. So come on, if you want to stay and you want to worship, you want to come forward, you just need to get into the presence of the Lord. Someone will pray with you. If not, just worship. You're welcome to do that today as they lead you. But I love you. God is not done with you yet. Amen. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus and you're online, come on. You just have to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Bible says you'll be saved. We want to help you with that and get you on that journey. So come on, contact us today. You can contact us at info at lovecitychurch.ca or you can text this message that's on the screen here in a few seconds. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.